0: All right, everyone, welcome to The Business of Podcasting with Charlie Vella and myself, Grant Merrill. Uh, today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about how your podcast can be tactically great, but strategically poor. And usually this results into like kind of why your podcast isn't working the way that you'd like it to work. So this episode's super important is because a lot of podcasters, are producing like this really high quality content, doing some amazing social posts, et cetera, which is the tactics or the how. But they seem to not really be getting the results that they're hoping for, which is kind of the strategy or the why they started it in the first place. And this is because they are executing against the wrong strategy with potentially the right tactics or could be doing both wrong. So if you have a video or an audio podcast with stagnant or slow growth, or even if you're thinking about starting a podcast, then this episode is exactly for you. As we're going to be walking through the difference between podcasting strategies and tactics, how you know what you should be executing against, and if you are executing against the wrong strategy, as well as how to find the right strategy for your podcast. So as you listen to this episode, just know that at any point, if you do need some help, you can head over to ValorMedia.com and get a podcast audit where Charlie or myself will actually walk through your podcast for you and actually help you try and understand your strategies as well. And if you do enjoy this episode, make sure you do subscribe or even share it to someone else who's looking to start a podcast and needs to understand the strategy before they get into it, or someone who's already got a podcast where they might not be getting the traction they're looking for and they need a little bit of help along the way. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So Charlie, the way that I look at strategy and tactics, because I think this is a really critical sort of point to start off with, is looking at strategies as the why and tactics as the how, right? So tactics is like celebrating the the planes in the air, celebrating that you've had a smooth flight, that you had a good meal and that you've landed smoothly and perfectly. The strategy, on the other hand, is only to realize that you're in the complete wrong location, right? You wanted to go to Hawaii, now you're in New Zealand, right? Just because it was a good flight, does not mean that you got the outcome that you wanted.
1: Yeah. It didn't take so, you to the right place. Right. I love that analogy. A- I think that's such a good analogy to describe the difference between tactics and strategy in general. Right. So good. I love that so much.
0: You can take that one. That one's yours now, but more importantly, so everyone might be like, well, that's great. I get the flight analogy and I get the destination, but what does that mean for podcasts? Like what is podcast strategies and what is podcast tactics? Like how are they different?
1: Yeah, so this is, uh, I will admit this straight out of the gate, this was the problem with my first podcast. The first podcast I created, I was very focused on the thing, right, very focused on the thing. I made sure that I had a good microphone, I made sure that I was in a quiet space, I made sure that, you know, I was releasing an episode once a week, I made sure I was posting on social consistently, sending my emails, running some ads, you know, asking my guests to promote, like these are all the activities, And I was doing them, I would say, at the equivalent of what all the big podcasters were doing at the time. And I was very, very in tune to it. Very, very in tune. I'd look at what they would do and I would match that activity. Uh, The only challenge for me in my first show was that uh, it wasn't working right. I wasn't generating any new business, which was something that was the goal of that show. I wasn't really forming any strong relationships that were yielding a return that was, again, the design of my show. All in all, it was um, a massive flop. But I will say I did obviously learn some great skills from it. Like learning those tactics is an important part of podcasting, just like learning, a, a learning to fire a plane for the pilot is an important part of getting you to the right journey. But um, I had really mistaken doing the activities for getting the result. Yeah. And, and it's
0: crazy because it's like the hamster wheel, right? <clears throat> just because you're doing more doesn't actually mean that you're going to get the outcome you're looking for. Right, so I bet you every time that you published the email, sent the, or sent an email, published social media, did all of these things, you're like, oh, man, I'm crushing this. It feels good. Yeah, dopamine's going up. Like, I'm looking successful. But then when you look at the numbers and you go, oh, oh this is not what I'm hoping for, right? But why, why do so many people get this wrong, right? Because most podcasters are business owners. And I, I like the argument is that 100% of everything that sits in a business is strategies and tactics, right? That's the only thing that a business is. So, yeah, people are own businesses that need to understand this concept. So is it that they're struggling in their business to implement the same thing? Or is it that the skill set is fundamentally different between strategies and tactics in a business or strategies and tactics in a podcast? Like, where, where does this come from? Like, what's the root cause? Why do people have such a struggle with this?
1: I think there's a few reasons. I, I really do. And I'll again, I'll use an analogy that I think really hits the point home. Uh, point number one I would make on this one, on like the why I think this happens, is someone will get into podcasting and then they copy an existing show that was done at a different time. So equivalent was like, I'm going to copy the ads people were putting in the yellow pages. You know, I'm going to really model that and do what they were doing and I'll get the same result. And you'll hear me talk about this frequently, but I I just think that is such a point to drum home. And there's some fantastic shows out there. There are some big shows that started a while ago that took advantage of timing, but that don't exist today. So when they model that, that is one of the things that really lets down. They're not being strategic. They're being copycats. Yeah. The second thing I'll see is that for a lot of people, much to the same point here is that they haven't really created anything unique. So – Again, like the amount, uh, at least once a month, at least someone will uh, reach out to me in some way, shape or form telling me how they're going to create the next Joe Rogan podcast. Ah, yes. I'm like, but Joe Rogan's done. Like there's already a Joe Rogan. What about, you know, you being you, right? What about you bringing something new that people would want to actually listen to? Yeah. I think is another one. And then uh, the next one I'll throw into this as well is there's a lot of podcasters out there making the podcast they want to make. Not the podcast people want to consume. So, and I, I think you know, tried and true is that if you're making something people want to consume, you almost don't have to be tactically great. And we might even share an example. We have a, a client um, which I'm sure we'll name later, and I'll tell you right now, their tactics are not perfect. They are not. There's been times we've released episodes with on where the mic wasn't plugged in and it's the computer audio. Yeah, and you know what, the episode still did really well. Sometimes they forget to post on uh, social media or just don't. Um, and you know what? The show still does really well. And then other times it's like it can be carnage for a variety of reasons, especially recently. And I look at that and I go, well, why is their show uh, successful? Even though they're breaking what a lot of people would call the gold standard of tactics is because they have a show people want to consume. It's a great show. People are willing yeah. to – go the extra mile and put up with more for that show. So I think that's uh, the three ones I would say make a really big difference. And I'll throw, I'll throw in one more here. And this is, again, I'll use a different analogy. Um, they say when you see a comedian that the best ones make it look easy. They say that you can't tell. They look natural and like they're not really trying and, and all these things. But if you speak to a comedian, they will tell you, no, no, that took like 10 years to get good at that. I've been working my ass off to be able to do that and you go hmm and i think podcasting is one of those things where it's like oh you just talk to people if you just have a conversation vaguely about the topic that's related to will you build a huge audience and be wildly successful
0: yeah because everyone just wants to listen to you talk and it was um on a side note by the way mad respect to like jerry seinfeld a comedian who doesn't swear that is very difficult to do um but actually i'm going to pick you back off on a couple of things that you've spoken about because one of the things that I did back, back, back in the day, when I was starting to create some content was look at like YouTubers' first videos. And there are some things that people really should do or, or learn from by doing that, right? Cause first thing you see is their technology is terrible. Second one is they're definitely not talking to the same people they're talking to now. Right? The third one is that that's years, right? And if you start looking at the videos every year, apart apart you can do this with like mr beast and all these other uh, sort of youtube stars their content changes and they pivot and they pivot and they pivot and bam when they hit it they go that's what my audience was looking for right and they compound it where what i see with a lot of podcasters is groundhog day it is i'll just do the same thing over and over and over again and hoping for a different outcome Right, so to your point, it's like the tactics. I just keep repeating my tactics, man, and I'll just keep doing it and doing it, doing it. And at some point there'll just be this hockey stick return. And I was like, and wow, see, it's just it's just time. Gary V was right, I just needed to hustle every single day. Correct. But you gotta have the right strategy on top of that as well. So I'm extra curious. I always like this. Out of the world that we have, what would be like who in your mind has got like this really good example of a strategy that you can share and the tactics that they execute against. Like what is their stra- overarching strategy? And they might have a couple of components to it. And like, what are the key sh- sort of tactics that they execute against that just helps them achieve that strategy?
1: Yeah. I might actually just name one of our clients for this one. Cause I think they're one of the best examples. And then the other side of it is because we work on this show, we can validate it pretty uh, authentically. I'll just uh, throw out a a few more stabs at people. There are a lot of podcasters out there that would have you think they're doing pretty well, but a lot of the things they are doing uh, don't work very well at all. And yes, I audit their shows and see this stuff all the time. Um, All right, so uh, Sales Sniper, and they have a podcast called Coffee is for Closers. Now, if anyone wants to go search that, or we might link to it within this episode, I think is a a really good example. Um, This is a show that is strategically good and tactically good. I think it hits both really well. So I'll start with why I'll give you the why I think this is so good um, and how well aligned it is. So uh, as you may have gotten or the name suggests, this podcast is for salespeople who want to be better at sales. So number one is there is a huge amount of salespeople out there in the world. Like this is a great niche. And if they can get better at sales, well, that improves their income, their life, like there's so many benefits. So the brand promise is, well, if you come and – listen to our podcast, you're going to get better at sales and this will be the result. So really, really clear what someone's going to get out of that show. Now, the second thing I'll throw into that is that the way they go about that is unique. They use different things that are not spoken about or done on other shows. So again, got a great niche and then also have a transformation that they deliver uniquely. So the reason to listen to their show and not just listen to other sales shows to get the same result is because of that. Thirdly, I think the hosts are very charismatic for this niche. Uh, is a is How can I say that? A nice way to say it. They've got a bit of attitude. Um, but that's what their, their show, like their audience likes about them is they're real and they speak in real terms and they're not super polished old executives, Brian Tracy style sales guys, like they're yep. real people. So I think that's a really uh, important part of it. The next thing I'll say is that the way they market their show and I'll, I'll go into these layers because I think it helps set the example – they market their show in places that salespeople will find it. It's in the right spot. So tactically, if they make sure their content is near Dan Locke, Grant Cardone and Jordan Belfort, just to name a few, you can be certain that you're reaching the right people. So that's the that's where the tactic comes into it. So we've got a good show marketed in the right place with people who want to consume this content. But this is where I think um, the magic really happens is that everything they offer as a business is related to that content and that transformation. So again, I'll just speak to a couple here, which is like sales objections. That's a really big thing in sales. So they've got resources, guides, training that align to that and podcast episodes on that. So just work with me on this go through here. They make an episode on overcoming sales objections. They put it on the internet next to other sales objection trainings from Dan Locke, Grant Cardone, whoever it is, and then they put their unique spin on it, help people get better at that, and then sell solutions that will have them get even better at that. And they do it again and again and again and again and again. It's so well aligned and structured. It's very obvious to me why this show works just so incredibly well.
0: And I think and I think a lot of people miss that, right? Because a lot of people want to be the information hub. They want to be. Uh, people will come to me and get this type of information. But most search intent, whether it be through YouTube, Google, or otherwise, is problem-based, right? Or it's an outcome, right? How do I get more leads? How do I get more sales? Or how do I overcome objections? How do I overcome X, Y, and Z, right? And so creating episodes constantly, which is like, and now I'm just interviewing Charlie, and we're going to talk about podcasts. And now I'm going to interview Billy, and we're going to talk about podcasts. And now I'm interviewing – it becomes starts to become – Quite repetitive but if you've got a product that helps people solve that whether it's a physical product or a digital product or otherwise and you can actively talk about these problems because not all of your customers will have the one problem there are probably 200 300 400 unlimited problems within your particular business or that target that your business can target that people need to solve day in day out so just because you've created 50 episodes that talk about 50 different problems that that one person hasn't got episodes 51 could be that. And to your point, the second that you leverage that and push that into a marketing like uh, approach, such as putting it against ads against like a grant card own, that's just going to create that compounding effect over and over again. And I, I, I love it. And I actually love working alongside those guys because they do have that brand persona. And I know that we'll do different episodes in the future, which talks about uh, levels of awareness and how you hit your podcast against which level of awareness should you target brand voice? Like they've got a very strong brand voice, which would offend quite a lot of people. Like what is it like the whole heap of their audience, 90 something percent is males, right? Because that's who they want. That's who they target, right? There are, there are really good female salespeople out there and they can go for them. It's, they really know their market and they really know how to hit it, but also lead people through the funnel that they're expecting as well. So I I do like that example, but when you, when you look at this, so that's one strategy, which is create content, solve a problem, which then levers into me selling the solution to that problem, right? Which you would argue that almost every single business solves problems and that's why people pay money. What are other strategies that podcasters could implement? Like, What would be like some of the top strategies that podcast that you've seen podcasters do or use their podcasts for? But also, what are some of the strategies that you've seen them try to use a podcast for that they should probably actually avoid and go, that's a square peg round hole?
1: Yeah, I'll start on that one because I think this is where some of the bigger learnings are and things I've been really interested in. Um, commonly, where a show goes wrong strategically is they're too broad and they never get to make the content that appeals to someone really specifically. So yeah. I'll give I'll you give an example. This was a, an audit I did last year and I was quite surprised um, when I get to do audits, I I love to really get to see inside shows and how they work and what's working. And the show I was auditing, I won't name it just because it is a fairly large show. Um, I was excited to audit this one because it is a big show. I was like, oh, I'm so excited excited to see how they were doing. Now, this show, to be uh, clear, has about 50,000, 60,000 downloads a month. Big show. So good show. Well, fair size, I'll say. There's certainly some bigger ones out there these days. Um, but when I was looking inside of this, I expect to see basically – Uh, how can I put this like a money printing machine? (laughs) It should have been absolutely killing it on all fronts, but strategically this show wasn't doing well at all. So I'm going to make the example here is that they had a very broad marketing show, like very broad. Like if you are a small to medium business owner, you should listen to this show. And it didn't matter if you were online, offline, e-commerce services, like they were covering all of it. But the – so they built a big show on that premise and focused on that and put all this effort, energy, costs, everything into growth. And to be fair, they'd achieved that. But where the strategy fell down is they only had one specific type of marketing service that they could actually sell for one type of businesses. So I'll just say they did – let's just say they did Facebook ads for dentists. Okay? So like that was their specialty and like that's what they did as a business and that's how they wanted to monetize. That's an extreme example, but I'm just pointing it out. So every week they're putting out content and even though it's giving them really good download numbers, even though the show's growing and this person's ego is like loving it, the reality was because of what their method of monetization was, which was, you know, this really specific segment of service is like, anytime they tried to make an episode that was on like, well, this is how dentists can use Facebook to generate leads. It just appealed to no one. Like it was no one on their show at all. And I, I'm talking to him and I'm like, well, and this was, it was really funny. I, uh, I said to him, I'm like, what do you think we should do? Like, how do you think we should approach it? And I kid you not, even though this person has, I will say their business was very successful besides the podcast, which is why they'd been able to get away with investing so much money and growing a good show and doing the things they were doing. Um, I said, how do you think we should fix it? And, and their thought and idea was to make more episodes so that they could attract sponsors and then they were then going to get like different sponsors for the show. And I was like, how much do you think um, sponsors pay? And uh, average CPMs in podcasting is $50 uh, $50 per thousand downloads. And I'm sitting there with him and I'm doing the maths and I'm like, you could get one more client in your business and it will be worth way more than any of this effort (laughs) over here. And I was like, I, I suddenly, and once I said that, It was like, basically, he's like just snapped. But uh, that's a really good example where strategy doesn't meet up. They haven't thought through everything. So I would say commonly people focus on downloads and ego and getting those numbers up with no real strategical mind to like, well, how do we turn this into something? Um, And it was was an interesting conversation. It was a very, very interesting conversation.
0: So does it always come back to leads? Like, is it always, uh, because obviously podcasting, is a way to broadcast to the world. Most people use it as like a a start of the funnel, which is like brand awareness to hopefully some lead generation. Is is that it? Like, is that most of what podcasting is? Definitely not. Strategic sense. Definitely not. I'm going to use
1: another example here. I've um, uh, worked on a show. We have really. Um, We've worked on a show where the goal of the podcast isn't to generate leads. It's actually to help their pipeline convert. So this is a company that has a very long sales cycle And what generally happens is someone will make an inquiry on their website. Like they're already generating leads. They don't need more leads. They're trying to educate someone to then buy from them in a shorter window. And from that point of view, uh, where this show strategically went wrong was that they're making episodes like it's for leads, not for their pipeline. So if they were making episodes for their pipeline, you would cover things very, very differently. So you might be, well, this is how a product works. Here's an interview with... Dave and his example of you know he's working with us you know this is what he did this is what he was able to achieve here's the frequently asked questions about our product that you're probably thinking about right now like you can see that if your goal was to shorten your pipeline and convert things in a different way the content needs to be different to match the result now to your point it doesn't need to be leads but I think there's a continual thing I find where it's like the content doesn't match the goal so And every podcast has a goal. And if your goal is massive downloads, that's fine. But just don't be upset when it doesn't turn into leads for your business. Like you are achieving that goal. If your goal is just status, right, and meeting people, that's fine. Like I'm I'm not here to judge. Like good on you and even more good on you for admitting it and operating that way so you don't feel terrible when it doesn't generate leads or it doesn't start your trials or whatever's going to go with it from there. Like I think, you know, to your point uh, or your – I love that analogy once again earlier about the plane – if the goal is to get to Alaska, that's great. Go to Alaska. If it's Hawaii, great. Go there. It's just like you just don't want to end up in the wrong one because you didn't really think about it.
0: Yeah. Because you're too busy worried about getting on the plane and packing your bags and going.
1: It yeah. happens quite commonly.
0: Yeah. And and I, I'm going to reiterate that. I know that we spoke about it in uh, our last episode on uh, T-Bop 46, which is... Uh, video podcasting is no, no longer optional. Uh, and we <laughs> wait, talked wait, about that. How...
1: That's so funny. No one's going to know what T-Bop is. That's our, that's our oh, shorthand <laughs> name for this show, which is the business of podcasting. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: hey, Everyone will <laughs> learn my acronyms. I'm, gonna, I'm going to have an entire episode speaking in acronyms from now on. Uh, where we actually spoke about like the repurposing and the reuse. Uh, and I actually think that we should probably do an episode where we dive deeper into it. Because yeah, we've got clients that use this, to your point, for lead nurturing. We've got clients that use this for creating more leads. We've got clients that use this to create course content. We've got clients that use this in order to boost their own audience and their branding. We've got people who are on the TV that use their podcast to support them in their personal brand outside of what they are known in the industry. Like there, there is no one size fits all, but the one consistent thing that I always see it aligned to is revenue. Right? It is just one or two steps away from it. So I want to generate leads because it's going to have, it's going to be one step of three towards revenue. I want to nurture my leads because it's one or two steps away from revenue. I want to build a bigger audience because it's one or two steps away from revenue. It might not directly attribute itself to a revenue target or a bit another business target, which might be more employees or otherwise, but that is kind of the, the step that a podcast lands in that has to be realigned to something. So whichever path that it goes to or however you're using it, if you're still sitting there going, well, I maybe I want downloads or maybe I want this, that or the other, always ask yourself the root cause analysis, which is the question of why five times? Why do you want more downloads? Why do you want leads? Why do you want to nurture your pipeline? Because I need to do this and I need to do this. Okay, great. Now you can start justifying the spend that you're going to have to put into it for editing and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I am curious. So, strategy is one thing, tactics is a completely different one. And there are thousands of tactics from cutting up videos, putting it on social media, every social media platform out there TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you you name it, there's more every single day. What are some of the key tactics that you almost don't see as optional anymore that's almost like mandatory? Uh, and what are some of the ones that you see people doing that they should probably just avoid? Because it's like, you know what, the reward for effort that you're consistently seeing is just not relevant anymore. It's, you know what, it's the 80-20 rule is this is a really good starting ground and it might be dependent upon your business, but this is kind of a place that we haven't really seen any traction. And I loved your analogy around sponsorships. Like I would almost run the other way for 50 bucks for a thousand uh, downloads, especially knowing how difficult they are to get.
1: Yeah, completely. I I would say that that's probably not the best way to monetize depending on what you're getting up to. Um, I I will, so to your point, I would say a large majority of shows are strategically like misaligned. It definitely happens, but there's certainly some I come across that haven't reviewed their tactics. Like they might be making great content and, and have a great transformation, have a great niche. Like strategically they're strong, but they are using the wrong tactics or they're using outdated tactics or they're just ignoring tactics. So it does happen, definitely does happen, have had many a times where that happens. Um, Okay, so the first thing I would say here from my perspective is if you're not already, you need to review the tactics you're using. uh, I would say annually at a minimum and probably more often than that. Probably at least every quarter would be a good time to move. And the reason I say that is because often things, especially on the internet, move quickly and new opportunities open up uh, that I wouldn't predict. Like, if I went back two years ago, I wouldn't have suspected that YouTube ads would be so effective, those discovery ads. Like, that's something newer that's popped up on my radar, and if you're not paying attention to that opportunity, it could be a disservice to your show. Like we mentioned on another episode, we weren't expecting YouTube in general to be so big, and if you're not tactically taking advantage of that, um, it might be time to reconsider it. But I I won't rant on too much uh, from here, because I think there's there's two key ones I see. Two key ones. Uh, one is they think publishing and marketing are the same thing. So if I put my episode on YouTube and I publish in iTunes and Spotify, people find it. I can't. I've done my bit. Like tactically, that's a terrible idea. If you're wanting to get people to your show, you have to drive them to the show. Like take responsibility. Um, like tactically, you need to be doing things every week to get people to your podcast if you want to have a successful podcast. Um, so that's number one. Number two is that it seems like people's uh, tactic to get people from their podcast into their business is like mind reading. <laughs> <Where someone laughs> Wait, that's do a, not a
0: tactic? Oh, hang on.
1: You know, like I'm sitting here right now and it's like, uh, or I'll use an example, is like we're making content in this moment. We'll use this episode. I think it's there. It's like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, I, am I just imagining and hoping in my mind that you're going to like this content? You know, get over to my website want to do an audit or do i is it better for me to say hey look if you are enjoying this content like i've got an audit that can help you with this head over to valamedia.com and uh, click the audit button and come and do an audit with me you're going to get the results you want much quicker and i know you're thinking about it right you're thinking about it. it's in your mind too come and come and do it but you can see that like that's drastically different that's so drastically different and i uh, i don't know if it's a fear of selling i don't know if it's a uh, uh, people will say, oh, no, it's off-brand or whatever it is. But the reality is is you want to make it easy for people to move through and, like, that is uh, not something that is going to be worse off to people. Like, it should be to help someone if you're doing it right. But they are the main two, I see. Definitely, like, tactically, that's where the gaps are.
0: Yeah, and coming from a world of SEO, right? So I did, uh, like, a decade in doing SEO, uh, well, prior to Valor Media. And knowing how difficult it is to rank for certain keywords, whether it be in YouTube or Google, uh, just publishing just does not work, right? Especially when you've got other people like me who've got skill sets that can manipulate their content, do keyword research, understand what people are searching for, adjust everything that sits in a video or everything that sits on a landing page and the website that stores it like they will outrank you anyway. So publishing, I think, is like a quotable, like publishing is not a marketing tactic. Like it just does not work. Now, it's interesting because a lot of people who are listening to this right now are like, yeah, cool, I get it. My, I've been doing podcasting for maybe I'm just looking to start or I've been doing it for a year, two years or otherwise. Um, maybe I do want to go and get someone to have a look at it, right? So obviously they know that they can go to valamedia.com and go and get a podcast audit, and I know what sits in those audits. But imagine that someone was trying to do it themselves. Imagine they say, you know what, I, I, I want to do this themselves because they might be embarrassed. They might be concerned about, hey, there, there might be some low-hanging fruit that, that I could fix up before I go and get a professional who's sort of seen thousands of these things before. Um, how would What would you recommend before I add my value on top of it and what I think that they should review and have a look at? Like, what are the key metrics or the key things that you say? Hey, if you're going to do a self audit every, to your point, every quarter or every year, what are the questions they should ask themselves? Like, what is in that in their thinking time to use a Keith Cunningham reference? What what should
1: they look for? As a key, I'll, I'll boil it down to one for me, and then I'd love to hear your opinion on this one as well, Grant. I commonly see that podcasters will fall into the psychology of more, and when they do more, they don't get more. So for example, if someone's doing one episode a week and they're going, Oh, the reason my show isn't successful is because I need to do two episodes a week. And then oh, it's because we're only publishing once a day on social or whatever it is. If you've uh, coming into the fallacy that if you just did more of what you were doing, that that would fix things. That would be the sign. I would most look towards that the strategy is out and that will represent itself across all metrics.
0: <laughs> isn't that interesting? So yeah, I, and I would concur with that my my approach outside of like our audits approach would be if I was a business owner with a podcast I would actually go and talk to my current customers do you listen to my podcast why why don't you listen to my podcast what am I missing here
1: they may not like those answers (laughs) correct but
0: (laughs) unfortunately honesty sometimes the best medicine right because if Your podcast is to, and obviously I'd be doing that because I'd probably be trying to nurture leads, generate leads, or build an audience of my ideal customer. If I can't retain the person who's paying me money for my products or services right now to listen to my podcast because it adds value and still solves problems for them, what chance do I have of the rest of my target market of saying, I want to consume this? There is no virality to that. But if I've got a whole heap of raving fans that sit there and say, "Man, I listen to your podcast every single week. Why? Because it has value. You got problems that you're solving in these podcasts that the product I'm purchasing from you doesn't solve, or it's complementary to what I'm getting. Like this makes sense to me. And then the way, the reason I would start there is because I look at it as a compounding growth game, right? So if I've got 10 customers, 50 customers, 100,000 doesn't really matter, and they all listen, and then I get one more." listener who's not a customer i know that they're going to continue to consume it every week right and then all i need to do is go well how do i get one more because that is a compounding listener right and then as someone listens to my podcast 20 times that's probably the time they're going to reach out and say yep you know what i'm i'm aware of charlie enough i've listened to you i know you can solve my problem i'm now at a point where this problem I need to pay someone to help me fix it. I've tried everything you've talked about, and I just need someone to hold my hand through this, whether it's a product or service. And so, my very first point uh, would be talk to your customers, like talk to your paying customers, or even people who are your ideal customer that might not be a paying customer, and talk to them about it. Like, why why did you stop listening? Why aren't you listening? What what is missing? When you listen to it, what did you enjoy? Right? Why why didn't you tell other people in the industry that you know? But also, in addition to that, oh. Every time that I look at one strategy, there's always one number that I'm going for. One number, everything. So if that is leads, if that is sales, if that is whatever it is, and I would review that number. And if you don't know the number, great. There's some homework, right? So if you're like, I've got a podcast and I'm getting 50,000 downloads a month, but my number is leads and I'm getting two leads. Cool. I would rather two listeners and two leads the 50,000 listeners and zero leads, right? They always know the number, but then that you'll never get any better feedback than your audience or the, your desired audience, especially when they've listened to something, right? And they didn't come back.
1: Are you an advocate of things like reading Facebook groups or reviews on Amazon <sighs> or anything like that as well? <laughs>
0: I always read say, Amazon book reviews uh, to hear the verbiage, the problems, the questions that people were trying to solve. I look at uh, competitors testimonials i read them i watch them because i find it fascinating around hey like i i had a podcast and um, i've been doing this podcasting for two years and i was struggling and then i talked to charlie and worked with Valor media and i realized it was just hitting the wrong market and i go bam there you go now i get where you the problem and i get what you're actually trying to achieve right and i go, and so to your point you've also got facebook groups i like twitter uh twitter is always a good one Uh, You still got some good ones sitting in Quora and Reddit, albeit sometimes I think that there are some good keyboard warriors that sort of make the problem seem worse than it actually is.
1: I'm dodging that end part. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I must admit I'm quite a fan of Facebook groups at the moment. There's some really good ones where people are asking questions and the back and forth and debate. I, that's the one thing I think is missing from Amazon reviews. You only get like that person's perspective yep. where the Facebook group ones or forum-based ones, uh, whether it's Quora or even uh, YouTube comments can be helpful sometimes. I just think it's really interesting just for understanding. Be open-minded to it.
0: A uh, little, little hack for this uh, that I've done before is I've actually had someone go through YouTube comments, uh, Facebook group posts, uh, Amazon reviews, and Quora, copy all of the text and put it into one big document, And then, have you heard of a word cloud? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then just paste it into a word cloud because word clouds drop out words like the, uh, and et cetera, uh, and just look for the big words because those are the words the market's saying. Those are the things they're trying to solve. And so what it does is it just compresses a whole heap of research down into a word cloud, and it's just awesome. Um, So that's a really good way to start understanding what topics are these people talking about? What problems do they have? Um, did it in the fitness space, space uh, for females fitness. It was, it was astounding how many people, by the way, the biggest one was fat, uh, like weight loss and, and fat and stuff like that. But you, you kind of know a couple of them as they're coming in. So <laughs> it is so interesting that so if anyone's listening to this and they are sitting there questioning whether or not their strategies and tactics are completely aligned and meaning it, you can run through that self-audit that we just talked about. Talk to you, your listeners, talk to your paying customers. Uh, re- look online review is this actually hitting uh, you can even publish some of your past podcasts to these groups and ask for their feedback their thoughts trust me some of the honesty would is pretty brutal um, but if you still hit up against that wall feel, do f- feel free to go and request a podcast audit because uh, that is the point that we are there to assist is when you've tried everything and still not getting the results you're looking for more than happy to jump in we'll listen to your show and actually help you through that as well um, but imagine this scenario, right? Imagine someone's got nothing. They don't have a podcast and like, they're listening to this. It's the very first episode they've ever listened to, which welcome. And they're going, cool. You've talked to me about why strategy is so valuable. You've talked to me about how I can audit a podcast that I don't have. You've talked to me about the different, like the ideal strategies and, and tactics and things like that, that I can execute. Like what what would be the best way for them to get started? So obviously we talked about the research that they can do to understand their market. But when they look at podcasting, is there a couple of key things on how they should be approaching this that we just have not touched on throughout the myriad of questions and conversations we've had previously? Have we missed anything or do you think they could just get up and start running?
1: That's a tough question. That's so circumstantial. I um I appreciate it though. I like the challenge. Um, I, I will say many people come to us to start a new show. Like Valor Media has launched many new shows because they recognise the power of experience. Um, they recognise that we've probably crossed a lot of chasms that others haven't. I do get that a lot of people like to do it themselves in the beginning and get their show to a certain point as well. And I you know respect. I did the same thing. Um, I'm not I'm not anti that. I just think there's faster ways to get the result you want when you lean on experience. I would say the most important thing, if you're a new podcaster, like if you're starting from scratch or restarting today, I think the number one thing you have to get um, through to yourself is that the game has changed. Mm-hmm. You cannot copy or model shows that are astronomically huge that have been around a while and think that's gonna happen for you. I would be paying very close, to, uh, close attention to, what are the shows that are rising up in maybe niches not too far from yours or similar spaces? And pay attention to those places and see what they're doing and then lock in the goal of your show don't be ambiguous really lock in that goal yeah
0: i i I piggyback across top of that and i'm going to summarize a couple of points that we've sort of covered in this episode it's it is yeah know the strategy so understand exactly why you're starting it and then don't deviate from that next is be unique be the individual don't follow everybody else have a brand voice one of our clients in their intro is like, says, We are not here to save the manatees, right? Like, like, talk about knowing your brand voice. Like, that would offend a lot of people, but they know their brand voice, right? Whether I agree with it or not, it's a completely different conversation. But it is
1: that, that sort of, what is the word I'm looking <laughs> right. for? It still surprises that, me to this day how many podcasters won't admit they're just doing it to make money. It's okay. <laughs> that's a great goal. It's, like, it's, it's like, cool. oh no, that would make me evil. I'm like, why? I like money. <laughs> Like, do
0: you not like money? <laughs> like It's no problem with getting rich. <laughs> but having that conviction behind, I know my brand voice, I know what I'm going for, like this is me, I think is key, right? And you can't do that by replicating or trying to be somebody else. Uh, Following on from that, I think market research and niching down are two just under, like people just don't do it enough. Like it is almost a, the grind work that people don't want to do. So it's the work that I get up at 6 a.m., and do a coffee and just sit in front of the computer and go crazy on, which is what's the market saying? What is my ideal target market talking about? Uh, And how do I make sure that my podcast is not generic to the example that you shared, Charlie? It's like this has to be niche on niche on niche on niche on niche talking to their exact problem because I want people who, I want dentists who want me to market to them, right? But then it's also coming back to another point around run the podcast like it's a business. You always need to review You need to realize that you're going to have to pivot it multiple times, right? Just because you got the strategy uh, aligned and then you started executing it does not mean the execution is perfect, right? You'll pivot. You go, okay, I'm not going to do as many guests anymore. I'm not going to do five-minute episodes 10 times a week anymore. I'm going to change it to do a longer episode. I'm going to do 30-minute episode once a week, right? You will change, chop and change and adjust. And just because you've done it one way does not mean that you have to continually do it the same way over and over again. So is there anything that I missed that you want to add on the back of it? No, great
1: summary. I'm like, why did I even come to this episode? That was fantastic. <laughs> See,
0: there you go. And so for everyone listening, be sure to jump on to our next episode. We've got some really cool topics coming up, such as like how can you target some of these things? What's the best equipment for you to jump in and start using, especially when you're starting out or getting to that professional level? Uh, and I know that we've mentioned it a couple of times, and but I will just say it once more. Once you've tried everything that we've spoken about and you're still beating your head up against the wall, just feel free to reach out to us. Jump onto valormedia.com. Go and get an audit where they're just to help you out to try and realign the strategy against the tactics. But also if you know someone who's been doing podcasting for a couple of years that keeps trying to pivot and trying to adjust and they're just not getting the cut through, feel free to send them this episode or send them across and get or for them to get an audit. um, It's probably going to be the best thing they can do. And if at all you've sat there and you've said, this is valuable and... I do have a podcast and I know you're going to add value to our lives. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast as well um, or even share it to someone else that you know as it really does help us out. And I really appreciate, Charlie, you for your time and everyone for listening in.